Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, old man Grognard here. Happy Sunday. Hope you're all doing well. Got a game to go Monday. This is going to be our last game for the month. Next weekend is Memorial Day. Nobody wants to play then. And the following Monday, I'll be recovering from North Texas RPG Con. So I may or may not be there. But I have turned over the reins to my good friend Carlos after tomorrow night anyway. So I'm not really worried about it. Hoping to have a good time. And I hope you're having a good time too. Well, 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 well. Appendix A in 1E Dungeon Master's Guide. You know, I'm always saying that I hate making dungeons. And for the most part, I do. I mean, I could probably get creative with it. But to me, I'd just rather either find a dungeon in a module, a map in a module. I'm talking to maps, too. Mostly maps. And I just like to, like, rip them off out of modules or online or something like that and suit to taste. But every once in a while, I get the urge to make something original, especially if I'm doing a a, a scenario and I want it to kind of fit in with it. A lot of my dungeons tend to be things like caves and caverns because to me, when you go underground, that's what you find is caves and caverns. Yes, there are finished dungeons and people make those, but I'm always worried about the logic of a dungeon because... Yeah, in fantasy, they do that, but, you know, you've got to have a reason why these things are filled with tricks, traps, and monsters. Especially the tricks and traps, because the monsters go everywhere. So, if it's abandoned, I can understand. If it's jerry-rigged some way with traps and stuff that the, the critters who are there don't want people coming in, I understand that. But I've seen these dungeons like the dungeon of the, the Mad Mage Hoo-Ha and he puts all these tricks and traps in here to keep people away and keep away from your treasure. And how does he get in? I'm sure he has a back way or something. Or maybe he has apprentices that he says, okay, these are the way they get around these traps and stuff. But that seems like a lot of hassle. And I'm also toying with the idea of the mage who got caught in his own traps and died and nobody noticed. <laughs> It's always fun, isn't it? So, but once again, the tedium of drawing maps. Yes, I tend to do the the outline. I want to say not outline, a graph, not graph, but I make circles. When I figure out a dungeon, I make circles and label each a room and connect them and see how they connect, and then I sit down with the graph paper and go, okay, let's make this make sense. You can also do a dice drop. Somebody actually showed me a dice drop. I like dice drop tables, for one. And dice drop dungeons, where you take a bunch of dice and just drop them on a graph, piece of graph paper or a regular paper and just see where they are. Another guy showed on one of the videos, one of the 5e videos. Yes, I do watch those once in a while. I saw a dice drop for a dungeon where he just drops a bunch of dice, say for a five-room dungeon, he'll drop five dice, but they will be different types of dungeons are different types of dice rather and what he will do is that's the how hard they use since they use challenge 
challenge levels in there. So he'll drop a D4 if it's the first level, but done a bunch of D4s, first level dungeons, so you won't get anything harder than a four. And then he uses eights, twelves. Well, that doesn't really fly with me because I don't use that kind of crap. But it does get me thinking and it does sound useful. I could drop different kinds of dice down there. I mean, this is going back to this is going back to Zach Smith's Vornheim, where he gives you these little these little cheats that you can do with dice, and I really like that because I really like that's my one of my favorite books for for doing stuff like that, especially on the fly. But drop different different types of dice, and it could basically be. Okay, yeah, you see one to four. Yeah, okay, it'll be that hard. You can, in, in your mind, you can figure if you drop a D12 on there, it's going to be one to 12. So, you know, you, you do it that way or a D6 or whatever you want. It can also mean how many monsters are in the room or something like that or what their armor class is, or things. I think there's charts in Vornheim where it says all that kind of stuff. This is what I, I love hacks like this. You know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm a lazy dungeon master. I'm all about the hack. And so, yeah, he's got some stuff in there, especially the outside covers. This book, everything is used. It's great. He talks about how you can do characters and creatures, locations, and attacks with just dropping it on the, the cover of the book. Take the... the leaf off and you drop on the cover and the back cover's got some too i think the only thing that isn't used in this book is the front and back the front and back cover everything else is used because you gotta you know you gotta put title on there you gotta do some blurb i bet he could find out a way to do that too but anyway that's one way to do it i've also thought that maybe going back to when i said appendix a in the dmg that's where you roll up a random dungeon and now, I do like the technique of the five-room dungeon. I think the Alexandrian came up with that. I'm not sure, but I do like the idea. I, I love that idea. You know, you have five rooms, and, you can, and also the idea you can link them together. So I was thinking of taking a, the like appendix A from the DMG or the appendix in, which I think is a better chart, uh, Osric. Osric has the same thing, only they're a little clearer. And just start rolling up a dungeon. Rolling up a five rolling up as many five room different five room dungeons as I can fit in, say, a book. I got a five hundred page book here with graph paper in it. I can easily do that. Not easily fill it, but I mean easily say make ten five room dungeons and they could all be for different things. Just leave them blank and just see where you, it could be a combination of that and dice drop, too. Because after a while, you don't want them all looking the same. You know what I mean? In fact, you can make some that are not even dungeons. They're alleyways in a city. They could. You look at it, it could be alleyways in a city. It could be, uh, a, like I said, caves and caverns. Just something that has to do with getting the characters going from one point to another. Is that. And I think that's a really good idea. I'm going to give it a try. No, I keep thinking, it's because you're bored, isn't it? No, no, it's not because I'm bored. I'm actually trying to make something useful here. I mean, I've got one more session to plan, and I've got a dungeon in there already, but that doesn't mean there can't be something under that. So, you know, we've got, I've got, we got a three-hour three hour game. 
And believe it or not, sometimes it's hard to fill. Sometimes it is. Fortunately, these guys with me are excellent. These guys who play at my table are excellent. And I, I, they're, they're gold to me. They really are. And they, we managed to, I try to get it as close to 10. Sometimes I get a little short. If I'm going to run short, I tell them, I'm going to run short, guys. Because it's the way it is, the, depending on the stopping point. Now, they can stretch a two-hour scenario out to three. But, you know, I got I to gotta pull my weight, too. I do. And God bless them. They managed to stretch it out by BSing and doing role-playing and all this other stuff, which is great. But I sometimes it's like, okay, it's we go 7 to 10. Okay, guys, it's 9.30. I'm going to wrap this up because this is the natural stopping point for this session. And so we do that. And these random dungeons will come in handy. So I'm, I might revisit Vornheim, too, and see what I can steal out of that. This is, no, he's not paying me <laughs> to, to promote his book, but it is a handy book. Vornheim by Zach S., Lamentations of the Flame Princess. They publish it, and that's all I got to say. Go out and get you a copy if you can find one. It's on PDF, too, but I really think this is one, this is the one of the case, a case where the physical book is better than the PDF. Yes, you can look stuff on a PDF, but it's got so much useful things in here that you don't have to print out that you can just roll and techniques and things like that. Anyway, I'm going to go start my day. So why don't you give me a give me a shout out over at oldmangrognard at gmail.com if you want to talk to me about this. Send me an email or send me a voicemail on Anchor. And as little as 99 cents a month, you can help support this program, and I would thank you. And thank you, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, and Mark. And don't forget Mark Walring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.